back. back. Welcome to Decision, Decision Space. Space, the only show to take place right here in the space between the turns in your favorite games. I'm Jake Friedman. And I'm Brendan Hansen. And this is the podcast about decisions in games. And in this week's episode of Decision Space, we're going on vacation. Pack your bags, Jake, and more importantly, pack up your boxes uh, or disassemble your boxes into bags and chuck them in the suitcase because we're going to be talking vacation games. It's August. It's sunny. Jake's been on a vacation. I'm about to go on a vacation. So it just felt apropos. I think many of you are probably going to be going on vacation. So we wanted to talk about what is a vacation game? What makes for a good vacation game? Uh, what, what, what's, what are you thinking about? What are the decisions you're making when it comes to picking games to take on vacation? Also, what games are Jake and I taking on vacation this year? What if somebody's on their way to vacation right now listening to this? Like they're on a flight and they downloaded this beforehand or they're driving their car on the way to the airport or just on a road trip and they're like literally on vacation and they're listening to this. That's amazing. That has to happen at least once, I would think. I would think it's possible. Yeah. And in that case, this is going to be about what you should do when you land, immediately go to a game store and what games you should pick up. Yeah, this is just for you, special, special listener. We're speaking directly to you and you alone. Um, Hey, Brendan, before we get in this conversation, I just wanted to do something that I always love to do when we get the chance, which is read out a review. So we just got a really nice review on Apple Podcasts from Dan Bosu. Uh, The title of the review is a must listen for people who like playing games, five stars. And then the review is this is a great podcast to learn about games or more about games you already love to play. The hosts are informative and fun to listen to. Short, sweet, beautiful. Thank you so much, Dan, for that kind review. You love to hear it. Thank you so much. Okay. So let's get into it, Jake. What what makes a good vacation game? Like, what are the qualities that you think about when you, I know you have that ritual, right? You're going to go on vacation, you're thinking about it through the week, and you're sort of mentally making a stack of games, but ultimately you have to make the stack. You have to go to your collection and sort of pick out the different games that you're going to put into a bag or disassemble to, to take with you. So what's going through your mind? What are some of the qualities that might make a certain game fit for your vacation for you that other games don't fit at all. When I think about this question and I'm thinking about vacations that are not game focused, right? This is yeah. not going to Gen Con. This is not going to the gamers ranch or, or a cabin with a bunch of friends where you're mostly just going to be like hanging out and playing games. This to me is more like, you know, exploring a new city with friends or with family. Um, so The games that I'm looking to bring, I think the number one criteria for me are games that are a small footprint on the table, small footprint in the suitcase, and then also just games that you can kind of play like when the moment arrives, right? So there's a very small teach and you're just like up and playing, right? Like, okay, we're sitting around waiting for food or, you know, we we had just finished dinner, uh, you know, had a drink and maybe we're back at the Airbnb and want to hang out a little bit before bed it's like games that can fill those little small spots and just like insert a a little bit of fun to your vacation without it being like oh i'm like really like exerting energy to teach and like get a game in front of people like i want games that are just like naturally gonna happen yeah i feel like so for i was thinking for me oftentimes when games happen when i'm on vacation like you said 
I'm not necessarily in the mindset of I'm going to be teaching this game to people who play games all the time. Usually the audience is a little bit broader if I'm with family where they, they enjoy games, but maybe they're not seeking out games on their own. So oftentimes that means we're not structuring whole days around playing games on vacation. We're doing other things. So what kind of games do I want to play maybe before going out to do other things in the morning or in the afternoon? You know, we have 45 minutes before dinner after we got back from some activity. What game could fit nicely in there? Or if it's the end of the day, is there a game that's going to be easy enough to, to get the teach out, but compelling enough that people want to stick around and, and play that game? Especially in my life now that like the kids are asleep, we're all tired. What game is going to be exciting enough that people want to play a game? Right. Yeah. As opposed to just like hitting being the a potato. Or... Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think you nailed it too. Compact is huge especially if you're flying, like that can be a, a really big consideration. And then for me, I feel like I never know what kind of table I'm going to have on vacation. Uh, so sometimes I'll like, I'll bring a bigger game, just hoping that there's the right play space, but knowing that I need some things that maybe this game mostly happens. It's mostly a card game where you could kind of play it anywhere. Um, another thing that you didn't mention that I definitely, two other things, I guess. One is I think player count flexibility is, is good because if, some if you're playing a game with someone and then someone else on the trip with you sort of sees it i like to be able to say yeah play with us we'll play another game of this game rather than like oh this is a two-player game it doesn't really play well at three that's that's learn this other new game sometimes that can be a bit too much so my and i were talking about what games we should bring and we we're like oh let's not bring too many two-player games because it's gonna other people can't just hop in or hop out like just think about who you're traveling with because a lot of times if i'm traveling with just my wife bridget then we'll only bring two player games because right there's only two people and a lot of times i think we differ from you and maya in that we don't typically play a ton of games on our own like just two players so a lot of the gaming that we do together is also with other friends other people coming over and hanging out so a lot of times like vacation for us is an opportunity to get those two player games played that we would usually be opting for something else if we were going to set aside time for a game night. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I feel like it's funny that our sort of summary here is like know your audience and pick games for your audience, but that's always the answer with games in a way, right? Like the right games are the games that fit your audience better than maybe the games you're most excited to play. And the yeah. truly best games are the ones that hit both. Okay, can I my final criteria and I want your, I want to hear how much you think about this too. Games that are memorable or create memorable experiences. How much do you sort of evaluate like this is a good game, but it might not leave a memorable impact. Sometimes I'm thinking about that, right? Like I'll have a really a fun game that I know mine and I like to play. But the memory is that, oh, we played this game 20 times and we really liked the iterative experience of learning it. And those games don't necessarily always translate the best to we're going to play this game once. Some, I'm thinking of something like modern art works really well where you're just going to play a game one time. It's just like nice. It's not too long, but it feels like a full game uh, for people who haven't played sort of an auction style game like that before. I think it can be memorable and it's approachable because the language of it is like, oh, we're art dealers in an art market. It kind of makes sense. It's interesting there, too, because I think my best vacation gaming experiences almost go the opposite direction where it's like i i, I don't want to i think we might talk about some of like our best vacation gaming memories towards the end but i would just so i don't want to spoil that conversation but i will say like sometimes if you're in a exciting and new place like that's enough and like yeah. to to be there and also just be playing something like really simple and light 
is enough because I haven't been to Paris, but like if you're in Paris at like a cafe, you know, hanging out, like you're finally uh, exploring this new city, new culture, like you might not want to be totally like head down and involved in something. Even if you do want to play a game, it might be like, oh, this will be a great opportunity to play Love Letter. And we can sort of casually play this while still like taking in and appreciating like this amazing place that we are. I think that that's a really good point too. When Maya and I were putting together the games we wanted to bring, she was like, well, are we talking about modern games or classic games that I want to bring? She's like, I like playing Spades on Vacation and Rummy Cub and bringing set. And I think that kind of fits into what you're sort of saying where it's, these are comfort games for people in Maya's family, at least, where it's easy to have them become this nice textured background to whatever you're doing. And it's sort of this like level playing field. Like, whereas if I'm teaching Maya's sister how to play a new game, um, that's a it's a harder experience sometimes than, oh, we're just going to play spades and everyone at this table has p- played spades with everyone else before. And we know how that goes. Totally. Which can be really fun, too. Right. And and I think like, again, you know, I don't want this whole episode to be like, you should really think about your audience when you're <laughs> picking games. But like, I do think we as gamers, sometimes it's hard to like fully go into the shoes of somebody you're teaching a game to who's less experienced and like how mentally exerting it is to learn a yeah. new game, even a game that we would consider like a very light game. And like when you're on vacation, even though, you know, vacation's amazing, great. Like it can be really exerting. Like you're in a new place, you know, you're tired. You've been probably spending a lot more time on your feet than is typical in, in your daily like work day so i just think like getting to the end of the day if you can put something in front of someone that they've played before like wow what a what a bonus totally for for them and their experience yeah it's learning a new game while sunburned is like one of the worst ways to learn a new game for (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah i feel like that kind of that it's a good summary i feel like of a lot of the things that i'm typically thinking about also bonus points if you've traveled with a group before and you have a game that you remember everyone loved it's sometimes it's fun to sort of bring that back out and say do do, do you remember when we last when we played this on that other trip i found that that can work really well sometimes too and maybe it's a game i haven't played in a long time and it's fun to revisit totally yeah absolutely i think that's a great point okay should we pivot to do you want to pivot to jake memories or games that we're taking on vacations or have taken on vacations this summer Let's do let's do some like memories now. Just okay. do a little introspection and then we'll close out the episode by giving some recommendations for great travel games and and stuff that we personally have enjoyed on our trips this summer or plan awesome. to enjoy in the very near future in your case. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So the first thing that comes to mind and this is the the thing I was just thinking about before was one thing I always like to do on vacation when possible is stick my head in a game shop. And I know a lot of people in this hobby also enjoy doing that. Um, even if typically a lot of, you know, the friendly local game stores around the country and world carry the same type of stuff. It's still fun just to like be in a space that's uh, comfortable and fun for you to browse around and then picking up something, even if it's a game you could have gotten back home like just knowing that you got that souvenir game there um makes it like really special like my copy of the mind is in dutch because i got it in amsterdam when i was there on a vacation um yeah and and you know so that just you know it's it's a game that just has numbers on cards um so pretty language independent i would say but just like knowing that i have that like dutch rule book or whatever is pretty cool to me um 
But anyway, in the same place, I got The Mind. I also picked up the game 21, which is a mm. roll and write game in the same genre of quicks, like same idea where you're where the active player is like rolling dice. It's been a while since I played, so I might not be getting this exactly right, but the active player rolls dice and they get to activate like two of them and everybody else gets to pick one to write down their board. So it's like this little bit of engagement as as it goes around the table. Um, and you're trying to complete rows just like in quicks with, with just a few little twists and in, in how the scoring works. And uh, so I bought that, taught it to my family, and it just became something that in Amsterdam when we were there, and then we went to uh, Copenhagen afterwards, like basically every night once we got back from whatever we were doing that day, we, you know, we would like have some wine, have some drinks, and we would just play like round after round of 21. And, you know, it, it was exactly like that feeling I'm describing of like, there's nothing about this game in particular that I think is like, amazing memorable but just like having that as sort of like the backdrop of like we're like in this airbnb in the in these new places like what would it it kind of like aided to that like feeling that i always try and capture when i'm on vacation of like what would it be like to live here and like sitting around like playing this game like in my in 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 our living room you know for the night or whatever it was just really memorable and fun um and yeah, so I mean, that's just kind of like one gaming vacation memory that I'll cherish. That's awesome. I love the idea too of a game being the portal to basically experiencing the feeling of what it might be like to live in this space. I think that's so cool. Uh, that's sort of like this. I, I hadn't considered that before. And it is it like neutralizes your discomfort almost in a way as like the space can kind of like fade into the background in a nice way and you get to focus on the game. And oh, that's good, Jake. Okay, one for me. Uh, so I've talked a lot on this podcast about the Fox in the Forest, and I'm talking about it again, because this is a two player trick taking card game that my wife, Mai and I really love to play. Uh, and one thing that Mai and I really love is travel games that we can just pull out of a box whip a rubber band or a hair tie around and that's enough, right? Like a deck of cards that we can keep tidy. It's great because it's easy to chuck in a backpack or for Maya and her bag and pull it out uh, at any given time. So I have a memory of flying back. Uh, I grew up in Oregon on the West Coast, and I live now live on the East Coast. And a memory of just fl- on the plane, uh, plane ride back, just playing game after game after game of the Fox in the Forest. Technically, that game comes with a few tokens, but you really don't need them. You just need the deck of cards. Um, so I'll never forget sort of just like hunting through a backpack for the hair tie wrapped copy of the Fox in the Forest deck and pulling it out. Um, that's one Mai and I really, really enjoy. And it's my one we might, will probably break our two player rule on to bring with us on this trip. Uh, so for whatever reason, Fox in the Forest has kind of become our de facto travel game, at least for, for us, where we can sort of escape into just comfort of playing a unknown game together. That's easy and a little bit competitive, maybe slightly more competitive than some of the other games that we're bringing because we're just playing together. That's awesome. And also amazing how that game for you now has the added warmth of all the other past trip experiences. Mm. Right. And like, that's just baked into it. Just the feeling of doing that before and and these other places that you've been totally, which I feel like is the strength of board games being this like object, this thing that we do and can sort of take on that, like almost totemic power. It's cool. Another highlight for me on vacation, I guess um, 
is not one games that I brought, but I would call them like found games. I just mm. have so many good memories of being on vacations, particularly again with my family um, of like of these moments where like unplanned where like all of a sudden playing a game or engaging in some kind of competition that happened this happened most recently in uh denver when i was there with my parents sister and wife on just a very brief kind of getaway um and we were at kind of a brew pub type of place in a cool area of town uh towards the end of the night and i see on the shelf they've got all these like classic board games and I, so, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe we should like play one of these. And I see the perfect game and that is Jenga. So I, I bring over Jenga to this like wobbly table. We're like sitting on bar stools and we start playing this game of Jenga. And it just becomes one of like the most, as Jenga is so typically does, became like just this super epic, like larger than life experience where everybody's just like pulling off. Like, I mean, Jenga has this, thing right where you're like at the end of the game and you're like yes if i pull this one piece then i'm definitely not gonna lose because it's definitely falling over and then it comes back to you like three or four more times and that happened and like my sister who's she i mean she's she'll, she'll play games with me but not like a huge gaming enthusiast by any means she's like on her like phone like videotaping like the my mom like pulling like add it to like her instagram story and like you know it's just creating this like moment of you know shared excitement and just a completely heightened evening from you know if we had just sat around and had a beer and talked you know it was all of a sudden we were like connecting over this like really fun shared thing so I always like to keep my eyes open for something like that, whether it's Jenga or, you know, it's shuffleboard outside the motel that I played like, you know, with my mom as like a young kid or, you know, challenging my dad to like a pinball tournament when we find like a pinball machine in like the back of some kind of like dusty bar. Just those moments of found gaming experience on a trip are always, you know, memorable trip highlights for me. So keep your eyes open, I guess, is the moral of that story. Jenga is such a good one too, Jake, just in general for vacation, because it's also a great spectacle. Like games that you don't have to be playing to enjoy work really well on vacation too, where not everyone maybe is in for learning the rules of a new game, but if they can even just enjoy watching other people play it, and Jenga is like the perfect example of that. Jenga is fun even when you're not playing. It's fun to watch other people play Jenga and, and see their worry. And, and you have such a direct input. Um, we didn't talk about bringing coconuts, which is another dexterity game. But I almost I almost want to. It's like kind of a similar thing going on. Um, That's yeah. And ironically, too, I mean, Jenga meets so many of our criteria, especially yeah. in like table space. Right. It's like it's literally like a, a two inch by two inch square is like all the tabletop space you need to play that game and talk about like a, a larger payoff than you get from the footprint. You could even play on the floor like it's yeah, yeah. comfortably. Yeah. OK, I have another one. This is OK. How do I put this? My family. So I have to go home for Christmas. Well, historically, I would for like the winter break. Um, and my family doesn't tend to play a lot of games my dad's family but one christmas eve we uh 
many, like probably five or six years ago, my and I had brought the resistance and we were just like, what if we just tried? Let's just try playing the resistance together. Sometimes weird things can happen on like vacations and holidays, right? Where people get into different head spaces. They're willing to go a little bit out of their comfort zone. Um, so it's a nice opportunity to maybe present something that in a normal context, people might not be totally open for but for whatever reason, they're because they're on vacation, they're willing to try something new. They're open to trying. And we just had the most fun game of the resistance. It was probably the only modern board game that I've had my dad play outside of my own games in years. And we just had so much fun being ridiculous in the resistance. And, you know, the classic loop of the resistance, except the added layer of your parents trying to deceive each other and my sister was like really into it, trying to subvert basically the the belief that my dad was a spy. And it's just great watching sort of your family in a new social context. Uh, and for me, that's I, maybe where I have started to gravitate towards memorable experiences with games. Because it's fun that we sort of will always have that memory to like look back on that one particular Christmas where everyone was into it. Um, tensions get really high, which is something especially with the resistance where I, I kind of, I don't know that I would bring, bring it now. Like we were talking about games that we should bring and we were thinking, well, maybe we should bring the mind. And I think the mind meets a lot of the criteria, but the mind also has the ability for someone to feel bad if it goes wrong pretty often, right? Like if, if someone's messing it up over and over again, I, I totally just, I'm going to interrupt you. Cause I just like, so totally disagree with that characterization of the, you mind. Think the mind. Yeah. Uh, unlike, unlike, crew or something like that mission deep sea or whatever yeah uh, search plane x or whatever it is um like the mind is impossible for one person to mess up alone or like not mm. understand the situation like it's always the combination of at least two people right because not just like oh why did you play that card first it's like well why didn't you play the card you had before sure. me you know, I don't know. I think it's like for me, it's like really sweet in that way, in that like it kind of really brings people together. And I, at least when I play it, I never feel like anyone's at fault. And just like, oh, let's try again. Maybe I'll throw a rubber band around it and chuck it in the pile. Um, okay, I, can I share one more? And I just Please. think because it's sort of a different category of games, and that is um, games. So I think one of the special things about vacation. Uh, is that you get to spend more time with people, like a lot of time with people that you don't always get to. So recently I got to go to a friend's bachelor party. Um, and this was a, we I traveled down to Austin, Texas. It was basically five very close friends, but who are now, you know, from growing up, who are now living in all different parts of the country. Um, so we got to meet up and just spend like three days together hanging out, um, which is just so I mean, you know, as you can imagine, like just so fun and like fulfilling to like connect with these people that I really love that I don't get to see often and to like sort of get back into that like headspace of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we used to hang out like every day, like in middle school and stuff. Um, and what I, what I found, like, I, I guess the memorable experience was I brought the game So Clover, which is one of my I've talked about before on this podcast, like one of my favorite of sort of party games, one of my favorite word games uh, to play with people. And like the thing that was so great about this particular game was that it just, the game itself created an inside joke that sort of carried throughout the rest of the trip, like bringing us like 
closer, like all, you know, all on the inside of this joke. And basically what happened was, uh, it's, so Clover is like always a tricky one to explain, but basically the main gist of it is you have two words and you have to come up with one word that brings them both together. Um, and so anyway, the, and you do that four times all on four, four different four uh, leaves of your four leaf clover board. Um, and the clue that just like got everybody absolutely like cracking up hysterically uh, and that carried forward throughout the trip was my friend had the card uh, trailer and syrup together. And he put uh, ranch, like as in like ranch dressing, which is something that'll be very familiar to all American listeners and maybe not so much to others. Uh, but it's sort of like a white syrup sauce type of thing. Uh, and so basically just like for the rest of the trip, like anytime somebody wanted, I don't know, like people are like going out of their way to like order a side of ranch and stuff. It's like, yeah, let me get a side of trailer syrup. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> It's like, what is that? Oh man, it's just some trailer syrup. <laughs> trailer syrup's a pretty good name for ranch, to be honest. Yeah, it's right. It's amazing. Yeah, it and just like having, well. you know, I don't know if that, you know, having that joke come out of this game was really memorable. And I think next time around, those guys, like, it's very likely that somebody will be, you know, making that Drop same trailer joke. syrup. Yeah. Like years from now, you know, it's like a little throwback reference that all came out of this, like, one small gaming experience. Yeah, that's awesome. I. Ah, yeah social games on vacation are almost like the best maybe we, we should add extra points for that i'm thinking even of things like celebrity uh which is a game that goes by lots of different names but that's a game that you don't even have to bring ri- with you really so long as you know there's going to be a, a piece of paper and a pencil and um if there's enough people it can be so much fun to just spend a night sort of playing through that game that's a folk game if you've never heard heard of it just look up uh look up celebrity Uh, it also goes by like there's a printed version called monikers but i think it's really fun to make up the game yourself uh this is a game where you write different names or even shows or something on a card and then there's different rules based on the round with what you can do and how much information you can reveal and it sort of builds these in jokes as you go but I think totally. you need, a, you need a, a large enough group and the right mindset. And then it's just I, perfect. Yeah. Celebrities definitely like, or monikers or how, however you prefer is definitely like, it's like in joke generator, the game. It's yeah. amazing. You yeah. know, highly recommend if you haven't, if you haven't played that, um, totally. just to, like, it, it's almost like guarantees creating that experience. Like I described from so clover, right? It's like, yep somebody like touches their chin and everybody's like count chocula <laughs> you know for like the rest of the thing like whatever yep. it's just like amazing so awesome okay my final memory uh when i was moving so at one point i moved from oregon which is on the very west coast of the united states to texas which is on the in the middle of the country in the southern part of the united states uh, so it's a pretty long drive, like 17 hours. And in between those two places is this beautiful national park in Utah called Arches National Park. Jake, have you ever been to Arches? No, I haven't even uh, been to Utah. It's a you know definitely something I need to correct. The, at least for the national parks, which are just yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so Arches is this place with these beautiful arch-shaped geological wonders really and Maya and i were going to be camping in arches because it was just a convenient stop on the road trip between oregon and texas and we had recently picked up a copy of a game that we really enjoy uh or really enjoyed at the time called biblios and for whatever reason that whole trip that whole day while we were driving stuck in the car 
we were just talking about Biblios, talking about sort of how we were, the different strategies we were thinking of trying while playing Biblios. And we sort of like built it up. And I, I don't even know if Biblios is the best travel game. It's sort of, you need this little board for five different dice that set the value of these differently colored car- cards. But t- hyping up Biblios in our travels, then arriving at arches at nighttime where we couldn't see anything was sort of the perfect ex- excuse to pull it out uh, play Biblios by Camplight, by like flashlight in the tent. And it was just so fun. I'll just never forget playing Biblios in that context. We played like two or three games, went to bed, and then woke up. And then in the, uh, the daylight of the new day, got to go outside and actually experience arches. So I feel like that's kind of like your Paris example, Jake, where it's not as, it's a little bit about the game, but it's more the context that you're playing in that becomes the memory in and of itself. I, I just can't help but think that Mark, the green tank from Board Game Barrage, who we know is a listener of this is podcast. Is fist bumping? I think he's one tear rolling down his cheek right now. It's probably the most beautiful story he's ever <laughs> ever been told. I sure hope so. And yeah, Biblios is an amazing game. Uh, Mark from Board Game Barrage's top game of all time, and for good reason. I was actually, I said to Maya right before we started recording, Jake, I was like, maybe we should bring Biblios just to see how it how it works with this group. And she's like, well, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But I think it's a game that I want to spend more time revisiting. It's a really good one. Yeah. I'd like to try it sometime. Yeah, you've never played on, it, right? No, but just on, you know, Mark's recommendation alone seems like worth giving it a shot. I think you there's this two phases to it. I think you'd you dig it. Cool. Okay. Well, should we move this conversation forward and talk about some games that we're gonna recommend as travel games and or games that we like to use? Like what is in your bag right now? Like what are your for sure locks that you're bringing onto this trip? And tell us about the trip too, like what's the context and do you want you want me to do all my games and then you'll talk about like all of your games uh sure yeah we can do it that way well so we're gonna go on a a a drivable trip so yay for us we can take more games we're gonna go to cape cod we're gonna stay in a a house that we rented with uh my wife our son who's one uh and then her sister her twin sister and then her family um so there'll be like five adults Three kids who are too young to play games. So it's really the audience is the five adults. My little nephew's getting so close, Jake. I'm so excited for the next trip. I think I'm going to start looking for more kids games and getting my headspace around that and testing them with my nephew. And I'm so excited. But this trip, we're not doing that. I think mostly we'll be out sort of hanging out at the beach or maybe going on a few a few walks. Or, um, But yeah, I think so. Games will, like we we're talking about, be mostly when we get back from another activity or at night. So maybe we can go one by one. The first game that Maya and I definitely agreed we had to take, and this is a theme that we're developing here, is it's a roll and write game. And I think roll and writes do really well because they're easy to learn, they're easy to teach, and they're sort of, they solve that problem of jump in, jump out, very scalable. You could have like so many different people play them. And I say jump in, jump out, not in the middle of a game, but they're usually so quick that if someone wants to just catch the next game, it's really easy to play three or four games. Uh, so the game we're taking is our favorite roll and write game right now. And that is Trails of Trails Tucana. Yes, you got it. <laughs> Which kind of has a vacation-y feel to it of itself. It's it's at least an island game. Uh, Trails of Tucana is this amazing roll and write game where you're, you have this map in front of you, a personal player sheet. 
and it depicts all these different types of terrain. And every turn, you flip over two cards that tell you two types of terrain you have to connect. So like you have to connect forest to desert or forest to forest. And you're trying to make connections between different places on your map. And Trails of Tucana is just like the most mouthwateringly perfect little puzzle um, where I think it's almost perfect for vacation because when you first play it the puzzle seems huge and like you could never solve it and by play three or four or five you really have sunk your teeth in and know if a particular game is going right if you're taking a smart risk so within very quickly you can understand the decision space in an appetizing way that i think allows people who maybe don't play games often to see the appeal of like oh i could really dig my teeth into some of these games Um, so that's gonna get played for sure I'm so excited. Still haven't played it. Don't really know much about it, but I'm glad that you're still liking it. We're going to play it. We're going to play it. Okay. <laughs> My next game is sometimes I feel like abstract games are more approachable uh, to people who don't play games as often because they fit a little bit more with what people think of as sort of of games, of classic games that often tended to be abstracts. But I'm not bringing chess or anything like that. Uh, what mine and I are going to bring is Azul. I think Azul is sort of like the perfect beach game for whatever reason. Even the aesthetic of Azul to me feels beachy. Maybe this is because I grew up playing Remy Cub uh, with my family. Jake is looking dubiously at me, feeling like this doesn't fit at all. No, I mean, it's not a game I would bring to the beach. For me, okay, I wouldn't bring it to the physical beach. Okay, beach, that's what I thought when you game. say beach, oh, beach game, game. I'm like picturing like you're like playing on a towel. It just feels no, like no. a little too like it's definitely not a good big and like sandy. Yeah, I think <laughs> any could... any game you told me is like beach game. I'd probably be like, no, no. <laughs> real ready. But Azul, yeah, at least Ugh. you wouldn't ruin anything because they're Bakelite tiles. But it's a good beach house game. Uh, yes. So it. Uh, it's really approachable, easy for, it's fairly easy to teach. I think it's a little bit higher complexity, um, but because this audience has a history of playing games with Bakelite tiles at the beach because of Rummy Cub, I think Azul will be the perfect hit. And importantly, Maya loves this game enough that she could teach it, which I think is is definitely appetizing and enticing for others too. It's like kind of boring if I'm always the one teaching the games. So Azul is one that Mai is excited enough to get to the table. She can teach it. And I think it works really well for colorblind players. And one of the people who will be with is colorblind. Uh, so I think that that's a nice little uh, addition there. And who doesn't nice. love Azul? I mean, Azul is a great game. I don't know that it makes many of my travel game it's lists. too big, just, right? Unless you're it's driving. Just, it's just too big. And I just think, I don't know. Something about Azul, I feel like it's just, even if you're driving there i don't know like it it's a it's a game i love a game i love to show people but i don't know why i'm having this like a little bit disconnect of like i don't know that i want to play azul on a vacation maybe it's because i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it hmm. keep thinking if you figure okay. out what's gonna this stop is great content <laughs> yeah, yeah keep thinking about it um, <laughs> i will say that azul would not make the cut if i was flying it's definitely yeah. a driving traveling game for me. for sure yeah Okay. Uh, so then, also, you know, I think maybe it's just he- two two heads down and too mm. like mean for like just like the vacation vibe that I'm yeah. going for. Like perfect for like a g- a game night at my house, especially with like people who I'm gonna you know that we will be friends. We'll play the game and we'll part at the end of the evening. They'll come back and play it another time. But I just don't know that. You know, I don't know. I think that's what it is. It's just like the heads down like calculation and like meanness of it that makes it like not really fit into that like vibe of like 
we're just like relaxing doing a game while like enjoying each other's company on vacation well then could i sell you jake on a vacation game of cascadia i think that's a better fit for sure for me great well we're taking cascadia too because why not uh my really loves what's up i was gonna you know you give me i've got a thought after you're finished telling why well, mine and I both love Cascadia, obviously. Longtime listeners of the show will know it's a game that she and I have played over a hundred times now. Uh, and we've actually, a few of those plays have been with this uh, this part of our family. So we're excited to take it. Uh, it's the sort of game where if they want to play again, we'll be really excited to get it to the table with them. And if not, I could definitely see Maya and I just playing a game of Cascadia together one night uh, and really enjoying how relaxing that game is. I think Cascadia, I forget the actual episode number, uh, but just Google, if you're curious, Cascadia Decision Space to see more, hear more of my thoughts on that game. Uh, obviously, I really adore it. And it sort of heads down in the best way, where if Jake is saying Azul is maybe a little too com- confrontational, Cascadia is not confrontational at all. You can just sort of relax in the, the beautiful Beth Sobel art and make your decisions uh, without much interruption from other players. So Cascadia makes the cut. It's, a, it's again, if we were flying, it might not make the cut. There's few too many uh different types of pieces but driving perfect chuck it in the trunk it's a smaller box than azul right just just like a little bit just i feel like i feel like that's a big difference because like one can fit comfortably into a backpack and i feel like azul is just like a little too chonky for a backpack i you know a standard backpack Azul really could have been published in a smaller box and it would have been so perfect for traveling, like throwing right. it in a backpack. It's a perfect weight game too for that sort of thing. And that it's a might bummer even be that pa- it's not that big. That might even be part of the Azul issue for me is like if I'm bringing out this big box, people yeah. might already be like, no, no, I'm Ooh, tired. Too big. You know what I yeah. mean? Like before you even get to like the teach. Well, what about so a I little think that's part of it. Well, I was going to say on Cascadia, uh, yeah. I, so I was just in Kansas uh, where I like to drive four and a half hours both ways, at least a few times every summer to play with my old kickball team, the Love Garden Squids. Squid, nasty, baby. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so after the game, I was talking to one of my teammates, Walker, who's a little older than me. I think he's in like 40, maybe roughly. Um, and he's got a couple of older kids, like I want to say like eight and eight, nine. Yeah, 10 or something, maybe maybe a little older and then a really young kid. But um, he was asked, he was telling me that he had just had a game night and knows I'm into games and they played uh, Settlers of Catan and was asking me like, he's like, what people ask me this all the time and I never know what to how to answer it. But people are always like, what's like the big game right now? And it's, you know, it's like such a tough question to answer or like, what's your favorite game right now? Because we're like playing through so much stuff. And yeah. like the game that I'm super excited about right now isn't necessarily what I'm going to recommend for like a family. Um, but after like thinking about it for a second, I told him like the game that you have to get Cascadia. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. Yeah. Even the the, the Hex Tiles will be such a nice translation from Catan to that, even though they share nothing in common in the context of the game. So even having that one piece in common will be so helpful for them, I bet. I think so. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. I, I, th- I thought I'm, you'd be proud of me. I, I'm very proud of you. And I think that that's like the perfect answer to that question right now. Oh, OK. Next game. If Azul's too big of a box, what about a little tin full of adorable sushi art? Oh, that's good. So we're going to bring Sushi Go. 
That's a Maya perfect was, one. Maya was hesitating because she actually, we primarily played Sushi Go in two players a few years ago and she didn't love it and she kind of was ready to get rid of it. And then we covered it on the show and you and I had this awesome experience where we realized how delicious the decisions are in Sushi Go, but also how it's one of the most approachable games you can imagine. Like you could teach Sushi Go to anyone in about 30 seconds. And immediately, the, even the sort of like risk reward of different decisions are really clear typically of this is a pair you're going for tempura this is a set because it's sashimi this gives you two points right now like it's, it really lays it all out you can play it quickly you could play it anywhere um, because it's just a deck of cards i don't think i mean you could take this to the beach and play on blankets if you wanted to not if it's windy but you yeah. could get away with it probably i think uh, i think i just don't like the beach i'm just not like a go hang out and play sit on the beach. the beach person i'm gonna shut up about the beach everything just sounds bad to me like a <laughs> what about have you played uh have you played railroad inc I, yeah that would, played you play railroad inc on the beach there are like games that like you could play on the beach but i think there's no game that exists i would like rather play on the beach yeah you'd rather go swimming or yeah throw maybe it, throw like it. yeah maybe like i mean there'd be like a deck like dexterity games like beach volleyball sure that's sure. what it's, i would do that's the game i would choose to play on the beach okay. or soccer or you know a dexterity game for sure totally well we'll play it at home i, I don't <laughs> think i was actually gonna bring sushi go to the beach but um yeah i think it's this is just a really good one because it's so light that like the lift is sort of it's about as minuscule as you get while still being a lot of fun and you could play it yeah. for 45 minutes an hour and still have a blast that's yeah definitely okay i'm gonna go quickly through these next ones okay okay so and we're bringing in chan and flumes chan flumes is just that's that's a game i designed it's really fun it's a card game it's it's compact it does take up a lot some space on the table but i think it's a small concession next broom service this is sort of our reach game like if everyone got really into it i think it would be the perfect game for this group but everyone would have to want to play a game like if we'd played a few of the, of the other games i've listed and they were sort of like okay like knock us out we're gonna have a game night uh my and i agreed that broom service is almost the perfect game for this group and the hijinks of broom service it's not too heavy or too serious that the group's not gonna have a ton of fun tripping all over each other um and it's not so light that it doesn't feel like this full game experience so Room service is yeah. making the cut, but it's definitely a reach. Service. Like that I was know my th that was my reach game at that yeah. I brought to the bachelor party. We did not get it played, but I, yeah. like exact same thought process. Like if we're gonna do like a game night, it's just like it's the pinnacle right yeah, now for me right totally i would be happy playing brood service in any context so i guess it's not surprising it makes it with me on vacation. Um but with that said It'll make me happy just to have it. And if it gets played, that's a huge bonus. Okay, now the final game we're bringing. This is, I suggested we bring Blue Lagoon. And I was like, no, 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 we're not bringing Blue Lagoon. We'll play Azul if you're going to play Blue Lagoon. But we're, I was shocked, Jake. She said, this is my reach game and grabbed Babylonia. Of course. What the heck? I'm so excited. <laughs> I didn't even have to grab it myself. So we're going to bring Babylonia. I, I do not think that this game is going to get played. It's like too big. It's slightly too heavy, but if it does, oh, it'll be so fun. This is a Ren right. and game that's like one of my favorite games of the year. It'll get talked about on the show again, and we'll talk about it more. It's a tiling game. It's great. You should look up Babylonia. Not enough people know about Babylonia. But now we should talk about Jake's games. This has a lot yeah, of time that, spent on mine. That's awesome. No, no, I think that's great. And I think it gives people an awesome depiction where your head's at. I think bringing a Reach game is interesting because on one hand, like 
like when you bring a reach game, like you're telling yourself a story. You're like, yeah. this is the perfect set of circumstances. We're all sitting around like bored. And then I say, hey, do you guys want to like try a little game of, you know, it's really not that big. Like we'll have fun. And then somebody else is like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. And like, that's all well and good, but it's probably not going to happen like that. And like you, so I just think like, to some people, it, it's like the shelf of shame versus like shelf of opportunity. Like some people are going to be happy just to have it. Other people like driving home at the end of the trip, like packing it back up might be like, oh, like we didn't get. Why did I bring this box? Yeah. Or not even like, why did I bring the box? It's just like, it could represent like, dang it. Like, yeah, sure. We, I don't know. I find myself like sometimes in like the latter camp generally. Like if I bring like, if I'm going home to my parents' house for like a weekend or something and I bring like a bunch of games and we just like don't play like any of them right or whatever you know my parents are, like maybe my family is just gonna be like we'll play quicks or like you know something they're like okay and i'm like putting it all back just like dang it like that's kind of sad in some ways so i don't know i just share that perspective too do you have a copy of quicks that lives at your parents house they own it now they own yeah. It, yeah nice they picked nice, up a nice. copy yeah yeah okay so i just recently visited my parents um and i have another planned trip coming up uh next weekend i'm going to boulder to celebrate a friend's wedding and you know something really this is just an aside something kind of strange that happened so the the friend i'm visit going to his wedding in boulder is a friend from undergrad which was like my the gaming period of my life where everybody just played only settlers of Catan endlessly and over and over and over again but anyway i guess that group has moved on but still enjoys games because i got a message from another friend from college is also attending the wedding that said like hey jake i know you like games do you want to play power grid on saturday before the wedding or maybe sunday before the wedding something like that and i was like you know it's like somehow i haven't ever played it but i'm definitely down he's like great like we're gonna have like two tables of power grid going it's like what the what? heck like y'all, y'all just moved over from settlers of Catan to power grid i've been like that's playing amazing. this the whole time like i'm gonna get so schooled but yeah i'm really looking forward to it that's um, what a glow up that's awesome yeah so anyway and, and then like after they said that now i like vaguely remember like years ago talking to some of them and then being like yeah power grid's like really cool like our favorite game and i guess they just, awesome. like they just stuck to it. that yeah uh so looking forward to my first experience with power grid but anyway some of the games that i bring and i, I guess i'll just start here like there are three games that are basically always live in my backpack um and i think and and i bring these to work on the off chance that like there's an opportunity to do some gaming i'm still kind of new at my position and so far there hasn't been but i still bring these three games to work every day uh (laughs) and uh which is it's not every day i work in the office anyway but uh those three games are silver and gold lives my backpack a really great flip and write just lightning quick i've talked about on a recent episode by phil walker harding one of my most enjoyable games of the year just perfect to like whip out and play at a moment's notice like basically zero table space needed uh you know the teach is like less than five minutes perfect the second one is the mind um similar reasons i think the mind is one of my favorite games to show people who are like game skeptical or like maybe i'll try you know what i mean just like i just think it's such a good like distillation of like the idea that like modern board games are 
doing something cool and different than the games you played growing up as a kid or that are like in maybe the ones like that you have in in your cupboard for your kids to play right now if you haven't been like sort of awoken to the board gaming revolution you know so I, i think the mind is great for that and it's just a fun little experience and the last one is enchanted blooms i also have that in my bag uh so because i'm a shill uh, so i'll just give you another plug for that but really same same reason you play I, I really do enjoy it it's simple it's pretty and i think the thing that is really nice about it for this context is it like shares a lot in common with like traditional card games so it's like a little bit less off putting potentially like it just like people will lower their guard a little bit more if they've played like traditional card games to that one as opposed to some of the others that i mentioned my heart's literally mounting right now knowing that you always <laughs> take a copy of a tandem plume store i've never been happier yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and then i think when i think about my upcoming trip to the wedding um games that i'm likely to bring i might bring those because they just stay in my backpack they're in their little spot and then i think i'll also bring so clover i've just had such fun experiences introducing that to people and i think like this is probably a slightly rowdier crowd so you know when you add in alcohol um to the equation like that is i guess we didn't mention that but that's something that also like is going to make certain games better and other games worse um most games, you know, like if not not like having a drink, but like people are drunk. I think most games get much worse uh, and some games get much better. And I think So Clover is a game that really sings in that kind of more like party party game atmosphere because it's just like funny and, and silly and people get frustrated and people laugh. Um, so I think I'd bring that. Uh, the last one I want to mention, this is actually not a game I own, but it was a game my sister, who I mentioned before, brought out just this past weekend uh, when I was at my parents' house after. It's kind of this cool setup where when I, I found this like amazing deal on Facebook Marketplace where I was able to pick up Isle of Cats, Lost Cities, and uh, no, thanks. no thanks for like $35. And I literally like it's crazy picked it up on the way out of town. So those, those were the games that I brought on this last trip. Didn't play Isle of Cats, didn't even like think about trying to play it because it's just way too much for that setting. But I did play the other two games and had really fun experience with both. We also played uh, Ramen Ramen, your new game. I played that with my sister and that was really fun too. And it was kind of a fun follow up after teaching her Lost Cities because it kind of, we kind of did Lost Cities one day and we did Ramen Ramen the next they sort of actually have like a similar vibe to them where you have like a shared board that both people are interacting with um, as well as like your own personal hand so that was really nice so it was great we played that played no thanks with the family how'd it go over it was weird i really liked the game i think the game is fantastic if you don't know about no thanks it's kind of like a, a more classic gateway game at this point but basically you whoever the active person is flips over a card from the deck that's numbered like three through 35 Um, And then you have to either take that card into your personal collection, which is bad because you get negative points for every value of card you have at the end. Uh, Or you put one of your wager cube things like I don't know what you call them. You have like these black discs chips you could put one chip on it and say no thanks and then the next person has to either put a chip on it or take it uh if they take the card they get to keep all the chips on them so at a certain point it becomes like worth it to take the card i think it's a really clever little game the other wrinkle is like you only count up the lowest value of your run so if you have a nine getting a 10 doesn't hurt you at all uh so if there's chips on it like you just take it probably um but there's some like really clever things but i actually think like a lot of the more 
more like the strategy there was lost on the people I was playing with in the first play. Like where like if somebody has like the 34 or the right and the 35 comes up, like they would they just like would take it first try instead of like, no, like if you actually say no, thanks, like other people will like continue to say no, thanks because it's so devastating. Yeah, you have to up. milk the card. You have to milk it. And that like wasn't really happening. Yeah. Uh, and then we played it again and like somebody was like out of it early and just like started doing like random chaotic stuff and just like try to like take like basically everything to create these like massive runs and so yeah. any, i think it's great game i think i would like want to play it with gamers yeah again um but anyway so that was great that they were willing to play those games with me even my dad played that one uh and then my sister brought out a game I was like so impressed. Uh, it's a game that I have heard of, but hadn't tried myself called The Chameleon. Have you heard Ooh, of The Chameleon? No. Okay, tell so me, it, what is it? So it is like an early, I think it's uh, one of like the early like Prospero Hall Target exclusive games, like before Prospero Hall was like the Prospero Hall that was like really revered in the hobby. Um, and it's like a social deduction game, very similar to something like Werewords or insider uh basically the way it works is there will be a uh, a common card flipped up that will be a category of things like it might be states and then there'll just be like 25 different states on the card in a grid like united states states like alaska Alabama, whatever right random ones or it might be like fairy tales and it's like 25 like concepts from like fairy tale like like frog prince and whatever you know cinderella or like yeah. witches something like that and basically everybody gets dealt a card that you can use to then you like roll a couple dice and you use the dice to and your reference card to see which of the words in the middle your is like the word that everybody is trying to guess um except for one person doesn't get a reference card they get a card that just says like you are the chameleon and then the way the game works is everybody just says like one goes around the table starting with the first person you just say like one word that clues you know the other people into the fact that you're not the chameleon but doesn't like indicate what the word is to the chameleon at the end of everybody saying a word everybody gets to guess who the chameleon is at that point if they're wrong the chameleon wins if they're right the chameleon gets one word one chance to like guess the actual word uh it, it was great, man. It was very... Do they have to guess it to win? At that point, they have to guess it to win or else cool. they lose. Okay. It was great. I think we played it with like, because it would have been five people, but you know, I, I really like Insider, but I think like this is just like better in a variety of ways. I think it's just like works a little bit better uh, in terms of like streamlining the rules and like the guessing process at the end. It keeps it to like, instead of like doing like 20 questions thing, which when I recently have tried breaking out of that, like a lot of times you just like get to the answer like way before there's ever any time pressure and the game kind of breaks. Like yeah. here it's like every time, every round, it's always fun and exciting to like say the word and like think through it. I think like there's just more opportunity to like actually like be strategic and and think. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was fantastic. I really highly recommend it. And I just think it would be such a perfect little social deduction style game to play on future outings, like, you know, trips with my family or, you know, if I had a copy, maybe I'll seek out a copy. I think I would, I would, I think it would be perfect for this, like going to a wedding type vibe. Um, Looking at it too, the form factor of the box is almost exactly what we wanted Azul to be, where it's like small and it's, it's not a, it's not a card game type box. It's not even the sort of like double card game box that you might see the Fox in the Forest or uh, Airland and Sea or something like that. But it's a small, nice 
elegant looking board game box. This is a really attractive package too, Jake. Yeah. I want to look this game up. It's super and, cool looking. And there are funny like little things that just happen in our play. Like, like you might just like one of the the categories we got was like authors and like the word was like Tolstoy. So yeah. it's like some people might just like not know that much about Tolstoy. Um, and somebody was like, somebody said mountains and I was like, okay, like, is that like, uh, because like of the landscape of like Russia or something like, you know, that could like, that could maybe be it, but I wasn't sure. And we get to the end and people were like mountains person, like you're the chameleon. And she was, and she's like, or she wasn't. We were like, Oh, what was the clue? And she was like, Oh, like I thought that like it was, uh, like the the word she'd like messed up the like reference card part of it and like thought it was tolkien oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah so it, there's like a lot of like comedy or like another time i think something was like it was like the category is like spooky or scary or something and like the somebody who like ended up not being the chameleons like word was like frightening it's like well, yeah, like all of these words are like in a way it's like that's just like a synonym for like the category. So I don't know. It's just like there's a lot of like l- l- laughing that happened over the game. And I mean, that's that's kind of the best for these vacation games, I think. Or yeah, one seems- of the things that they can do best is like get people laughing. Totally. And it seems like there's the perfect amount of tension between you want to show that you're not the chameleon, but you don't want to give the chameleon too much information. So it's that really fraught sort of social structure. Great pick, Jake. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, great pick to your sister. I guess she gets all the credit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a lost or fake artist goes to New York, which is the exact same thing, but you're like drawing a single line. Yeah. That game also just breaks like so easily i found yeah um where where it just seems like with words it's a little bit more nuanced and like a, a lot of times like you know harder to figure out the chameleon or, or the chameleon would be like clever and like say something like similar to what other people were saying but like just off from it yeah uh yeah that's great and think, you can easily my, make a mistake yeah totally i think my dad got away from got away with the Tolstoy being the chameleon because he put like, you know, not knowing what it was, but just like hearing like what everyone else is saying. He put like, you know, dense or something. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay. that's it for sure. You know, yeah. like that's so awesome. it, was, it was great. Great experience. Oh, I'm so glad you guys got to have that experience. And it's really cool hearing. We've heard a little bit on the show about how your dad's not always one to jump straight into games. So it's fun to hear about him partaking, too. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like with that, that's a, a solid show on vacation games. So, but I I have a request for all of you who are listening, which is I really want to know what games you like taking on vacation. Maybe you'll inspire Jake and I for future vacations or other people. Uh, and the best place to let us know is in our Discord, honestly. That's a chat room that you can access from your browser. And there's a link to join it in our show notes. If you go to the episode channel, you could go in there and just give us your list of games. Uh, and maybe Jake and I, if we remember, we'll go in there and post our list of games for everyone to take peek at uh in written form as well but yeah any final thoughts jay no final thoughts so just uh i hope you have a great time on vacation and yeah definitely report back let us know if any of those uh ambitious selections actually get tabled yeah heck yeah i will absolutely and to all of you out there who are listening while traveling i hope you had or have an awesome vacation too uh and we'll see you next week for another awesome episode of decision space and as always we like to thank henry for our intro and outro song reach out Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.